0: On this episode of the Fieldhouse Files, I'll discuss the schedule being out for the upcoming 2022-23 season, for preseason games, another 82-game slate, like normal finally, and then I'll get into the Pacers deciding to re-up with Bally Sports and how it directly affects you, the fans. And welcome into the Fieldhouse Files, the podcast where I take you behind the scenes with the Pacers. Talk to individuals on and around the team and tell you what you need to know. Well, you can now mark down your calendar, set it up in your iCal for your iPhone, however you do it. But the schedule is now out for this upcoming season. So for people like me who cover the games or those involved, that's where you quickly mark things down on your calendar and see... What it looks like. You're looking at holidays. You're looking at national TV games, road trips, homestands. When you begin, which for this Pacers team will be on Wednesday, October 19th, with the Washington Wizards beginning with a three-game homestand, which seems unusual. Normally, if they're at home, they may be on the road for their next couple of games. Oftentimes, they've started out on the road. Well, They'll begin at home for three straight, a Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. So that'll be a great opportunity for fans to get a good look at renovations being completed at the field house, which I believe by then will be nearing completion, but not yet finalized and complete. I think some of those, especially the outdoor space just north of the field house, will still have a little bit more work. And this winter, I believe that should be completed. With uh, you know, there's a, there was a speakeasy coming on the northeast side and. You know, a skating rink and so many different things for fans to do when they're downtown before and after Pacer games, but also when they're just downtown in general. If you're parking, say, at that Virginia Avenue garage, maybe you walk through that, hang out, grab a drink, or uh, be with your family on your way to a Colts game, on your way to an Indians game, or you hang out around there after going out downtown for dinner. At least that's the hope, is to engage fans, engage citizens here in Indianapolis, residents, even more so with this attraction that's coming through and in construction, very much ongoing across the street here at the Fieldhouse, where uh, dozens of workers in sight, and you can see them both inside and out, updating the lobby, climbing the roof. Uh, you know, on this west side here, uh, you're updating it. And I think the top eight rows, I want to say, will eventually become uh, kind of a standing room hangout space. If you've gone to a Colts game. You're kind of familiar with it already at that, what is it, the south end, what we know as the Bud Light Zone. I don't think this has a name just yet, but that's kind of the the goal here, the angle, is that you can come to the game, maybe you're a casual fan, maybe you're hosting a business, or you just want to be in the building, you could have a couple drinks up there, watch the game from afar, and hang out, be present. And all of that, but I'll be curious to see uh, once that is finalized, and I'll I'll certainly get someone on here to talk about all the work that has been done, not just this past year, because it's been closed since May, right when the season ended, but really over the last three years, and to many of you, to so many fans, the majority, I would say, you haven't been in the building since there's been any renovations, because it all began during the pandemic and that's one big reason why they're actually ahead of schedule for example the video board that was not supposed to be installed during the first round of renovations but they were able to move up the timeline and get that installed ahead of time so it was there for i believe the you know march madness when the big 10 tournament was here in uh, what 2021 and the entire ncaa men's basketball tournament for example but anyway let's get back to the schedule first of all i think one thing to keep in mind is the days. That's very important, I think, for you at home. What days do you maybe need to keep free or don't schedule dates or uh, you know, try to plan ahead to get some rest of the night before? Well, the key date is Wednesday and Friday, first of all. 18 games each on Wednesday and Friday, 15 on Monday, Saturday with 13, the quieter days. Tuesday, that's number one. Pacers just don't play really on Tuesday. Three games, six on Thursday. Both of those usually are, what, TNT exclusive dates. And then nine Sunday games, and I know those are often favored by a lot of parents, those with kids, ones that want to get downtown, spend all afternoon, maybe the evening downtown and such. But key ones to mark off Wednesday and Friday. No surprise, I don't think, right there. Just one national TV game for this Pacers team. And by the way, a full breakdown, my 11th annual breakdown of the Pacers schedule can be seen online at fieldhousefiles.com. Subscribe and make sure you get every single story I post directly to your inbox. So You don't need to be on Twitter. You don't need to be seeking it out. It goes directly to you. One of the big things I love about being on the Substack platform, just one national TV game for the third time in six seasons. Can't say I blame them, but I know Pacer fans would like more of them. Surprisingly, the one game is in Washington, D.C., against the Wizards? Not that interesting, quite frankly, to me, and that comes, you know, less than 10 games into the season on October 28th, and it's the, unfortunately for this Pacers team, it's on the front end of a back-to-back. Last year, just one nationally televised game, the year before that three, six the year before that, and so Pacers, again, for the third time In six seasons, just uno, one game on national TV. How does that compare? Well, the Warriors, 42. So over half their games on national TV. 39 for the Lakers, 37 for the Celtics. Even the Bucs with Giannis at 32. Uh, The most the Pacers have had over the last decade was 2018-19 season when they had 12. Before the regular season, the Pacers do have four Tune-up games, preseason, and much like last year, I think a lot in due to the construction and everything. They want to give them a couple extra weeks. First two games on the road, final two games at home. Two of those, uh, basically a home and home against the New York Knicks. So they'll play at Charlotte October fifth. That'll be your first chance, potentially. I guess not technically because we're not sure if those will even be on TV. Highly doubt that Bally Sports will pick that up, and I'll get into that Bally Sports conversation which has a lot of people talking here in a bit and that's why I was inclined to come on here, get back with you and uh, get a podcast rolling again because Twitter has been a buzz uh, about today's announcement but preseason road games October 5th and 7th and that's a Wednesday Friday and then staying with this theme the next Wednesday Friday, October 12th home against the Knicks and the final game October 14th against the Rockets and they'll have almost, a week before opening things up against the Wizards again. That's on October 19th. No holiday games. Uh, Seriously, of note, Pacers aren't on Christmas Day. You're used to that. They haven't in my time covering the team. And even my time being a ball boy have never worked on Christmas Day with the Pacers, not at all. They do have their usual day after Thanksgiving day game on November 25th, and that's actually a a great time to get to the Fieldhouse because they have four home games during that stretch, Orlando twice, Minnesota, and Brooklyn, and now we know, in the time since my story and the schedule came out, we know the Brooklyn Nets, at least there in the early going, will be more interesting. Pacers play the Brooklyn Nets three times in the first month of the season, and we know at least as of this recording, KD's going to be there, Kyrie's going to be there, not even going to pretend to know whether we know if Kyrie's going to play or Ben Simmons. I think it's foolish to assume that. But Brooklyn, uh, and by the way, that includes T.J. Warren and Edmund Sumner very early into the Pacers' season. They'll host their annual matinee game on New Year's Eve. That'll be fun. L.A. Clippers, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, 3 p.m., and then – They'll also be playing on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. That will be in Milwaukee, where I think they've lost every game, I want to say, over the last five years, and by an average of something like 20 points. Don't quote me on those numbers, but that's basically what it has been. And Pacers are not one of those featured television games on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, um, nonetheless. Now, in talking about mileage, because the Pacers are centrally located, not a ton of travel accumulated by them because every stop just about is two or three hours away. You can really feel that when you're with this team, say when you're Boston, for example, or Miami on the corner of the United States, you're really having to travel, whether it's you know three hours to go to the Pistons or you're going over to Oklahoma City for two and a half hours. That stuff really adds up. Or maybe it's seven hours from Boston to San Francisco for the Celtics and Warriors like it was for the NBA finals. Back to backs is always one of the key numbers teams, players, myself look at. And it's kind of back to the usual number, and that's 14. It's the same number as last season. That's slightly above the league average, which is about 12 and a half up to 13. They had 14 last year, 17 the year before that, and 9 has been their all-time low in the 2019-20 season, in large part, too, because of the pandemic and, and how the end of that season was negatively impacted there. They have four four-game home stands and all four of them are at the front of their schedule, 2 in November, 2 in December, uh, in a favorable home stretch in November, 8 of 10 at the Fieldhouse. So <laughs> the Fieldhouse better be ready by November 4th for a large group of games there from November 4th through November 25th. Again, 8 of 10. Right there at home. Road trips get really interesting. Five what I call big road trips. And it it starts almost right away. In the first full week of the season. They head out for a five game road trip. Then a month into the season. This is when things really get interesting. Usually their road trips aren't any longer than maybe five games. Or maybe it's six and seven. For example. No they've got a seven game road trip. Wild. Spanning from November 27th. To December seventh, so right after Thanksgiving, and this is a good one. You're in LA, but you play the Clippers and Lakers on back-to-back days, and the Sacramento game—that's a one you highlight, obviously, as it's against Demonte Sabonis, and it's also Buddy Hield and Tyrese Halliburton going back to Sacramento. Utah—who knows what they look like? Portland's always a favorable stop for teams, especially those with uh, that are backed by Nike endorsement deals, and so the players often like spending in afternoon over at the Nike store and burning some of that money as well. Over to San Francisco they go to play the Golden State Warriors, which is always a fascinating game. I like that the fact that they play the Warriors very early into the season because you know or in hope more of their stars will be playing. And then in an odd twist, on the way home, the Pacers stop in Minnesota. And the Timberwolves look much different here with Miles and Rudy Gobert. Remember Rudy Gobert traded in the offseason for a ridiculous return. I think, what is it, five draft picks plus one this year, so it's basically six draft picks from Utah, uh, or is what Utah is getting from Minnesota for Rudy Gobert. You got Anthony Edwards. You have Carl Anthony Towns. and Very interesting team. And then later on, a couple big road trips towards the end of February. You got four in a row. Then early into March, you got three in a row And seven of eight. Things get really interesting from February 25th through March 25th with all but three games coming on the road for this Indiana Pacers team. But then to close the season, Pacers with five of seven at home. The last game's on the road in New York. They were on the road at Brooklyn this past year to close out the regular season, but five of seven at home to finish out the season couple of those two game series three in fact at Brooklyn in October you go against Orlando at home November 19th and 21st and then in March at Detroit it's kind of like a baseball weekend series where you play the same team twice without traveling I like them in a small grouping so the only negative really I believe to them is if one of the teams or both are without star players and they miss both games that's could be very impactful both to the standings but also to fans, say with Orlando. If Paolo Bancaro unavailable for both of those games, that means Pacer fans do not see him at all throughout the season. He was the number one overall pick. So that's the negative to all of that. All right, some key dates, key opponents that you obviously want to know about. And I think for Pacer fans, that starts with when the Warriors are at home. This will be the most in-demand ticket of the season. Again, it's early in the year. It's December 14th. That's when Steph, Clay, Draymond all come to town. Let's actually go back to the front end of the schedule. Jay Nivey here, October 22nd. You get an early look at Miami and Victor Oladipo and crew, November 4th. I know Zion Williams is a, a favorite of many fans. That's November 7th. Then a little later on, you'll have... The exciting Memphis Grizzlies making their only visit of the season. That's on January 14th. Maybe the final key date I'll highlight, February 2nd, LeBron and the Lakers. That's a good one. Actually, a couple more I do want to mention. DeAndre Ayton, Phoenix Suns, they're in town February 10th, and then February 23rd. That's the only time the Celtics are in Indy. That's notable because Aaron Nesmith on the Pacers and Malcolm Brogdon traded in the offseason to the Boston Celtics. So that one will be interesting. And then, of course, the one game probably uh, Rick Carlisle likes and enjoys, and even Miles Turner, February 28th, their return to Dallas, where Carlisle spent 13 seasons and the closest team for Miles Turner. So that's a hopefully a rather quick recap and highlights of the Pacers' schedule this season as they get things started again October 19th against the Washington Wizards. If you missed all that or want to read through it, you can do so at fieldhousefiles.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, the other big story and this one coming out today, finally, September 6th here, is the Pacers finalizing their TV deal which will keep it on Bally Sports Indiana. It's a multi-year deal. I've not yet gotten any terms, number of years, or the money involved. But my first thought is you just don't have many other options here in Indianapolis. I've talked about this situation at length during my morning weekly radio hit with Kevin Inquiry on 107.5 The Fan. We talked about this story almost a month ago, and I link that in my story about it here today. But uh, I told them that all signs were pointing towards Bally Sports, that it was going to get done, that it was uh, being finalized but had not done so. Well, today, September 6th, it has been finalized. So not much changes from what I'm seeing for the viewer. If you're one of those that has a streaming service like myself, you're still negatively impacted because there's only one option, Direct DirecTV. Stream And the challenge here is that runs $89.99 a month for the Choice Package, which is the one that comes with the regional network. You can get $20 off the first two months, but that's $90 a month. Those with, say, YouTube TV, which is, I believe, the most popular one, it's $65 per month. And right now, that is the best alternative, I believe, for TV. Now, we might see here... In the next few years, it's become chaotic, right? Some of you may remember having YouTube TV when it was $35 a month. That feels like four years ago. Maybe it was more. Then it was 50 a month. Now we've worked our way up to 65 a month, and maybe we're not done. Maybe there is another price hike or two to come. We've seen that with some of the streaming services with movies and TV such as Netflix, such as Disney+, Plus, another price hike coming very soon for Hulu, for example. I know a lot of you probably don't keep tabs on this or follow very closely. I do. This is one of my, let's call it my nerds, one of my things I pay close attention to and really love following closely. And I'm the only one covering this bally sports and TV deal here right now, and I've talked a lot about it. For one, I like the continuity. You are having the same old familiar announcers that you are used to here. And as I reported in my story, for the first time since the pandemic, good news. The announcers, CD, Quinn, and JJ will be back on the road. That is incredibly important. You may not realize it, but it absolutely is both for them to do their job, for them to do it as a high level, and for them to give you the most complete and full product as they can I believe Mark Boyle will, as well with radio, have not confirmed that just yet, but I would be surprised if he did not follow suit as well. It's also, by the way, sending just one more person. And the only additional cost here is whatever you have on site right, to produce it. Maybe you have to pay an on-site producer for radio as well as for TV. Keep in mind, you're already paying for a charter jet and chartered buses. You're only going to have to pay for maybe an additional person or two there, as well as their per diem and their hotel. That's it. And for an extremely important product like this, for a first-class product that it should be, it is very, very important and critical in my eyes, at least, that they are out on the road. So I'm proud and happy to report that. The one question mark is the crew, because one thing we've seen a lot since the pandemic is a lot of even if announcers are back on the road, the crew is not, and so it might be produced, for example, say inside Gamebridge Fieldhouse with the announcers on the road. Now, that is not my preference, it's also not my money, but I would hope that the crew of like six, seven, eight for TV all go back on the road. But I'm generally, uh, from what I've gathered here, and my sense here is that will not be the case because that's not how. Bally Sports has done it for some of its other products across the country. The challenge, again, with with the streaming here is that it's only available on DirecTV Stream. And so that's a a negotiation that has not worked out for Bally Sports or the other outlets like your YouTube TV, Hulu, FUBU, Sling TV, for example. Those streaming services have just concluded that live sports in general is not worth big money. And so they have invested their money elsewhere. So that's the challenge so many of them are faced with right here. And so there is a new option now. And this is at least a good thing because before there was no other option. It was you're either out of luck or you had to change services. And that is just so difficult. What you're going to see here in about three weeks is Bally Sports launching its own streaming service. You're going to be shocked by this, right? Bally Sports Plus, just because uh, everybody has the plus, right? Apple TV Plus, ESPN Plus, Disney Plus. It's pretty hilarious that nobody has gotten really creative. At least there is some uh, familiarity, I guess, with what it means. It means, you know, Disney Plus Some, their streaming network. Anyways, I don't know how many of you care about the nitty-gritty and all those details there. But for $20 a month... You can stream pacer games. No, this is not does not include their other properties because Bally Sports Sinclair, which is all owned then by Diamond, have, I believe it's twenty-one different streaming services, such as you know, Bally Sports North, Bally Sports South, all those different services. They have the Cavs, the Pistons, the Bucks. So this would not include any of those, just your one team. It would also include Reds, I believe St. Louis Blues. I assume the general Pacers audience does not care about that. That's not an add-in. It adds no value. I've watched zero minutes of Reds baseball this year. Not something I you know, I care to pay for. But I do want to make sure you are clear about that. For $20 a month or $189 per year, you can watch Pacer games. Now, that's great that there's an option. The trouble here, if we're being honest, is the price point. That's an awful price point because you consider other options. If you want to take sports, ESPN+, Plus, where you get... Thousands upon thousands of live broadcasts, replays, and more, $9.99 per month. NBA League Pass, they're cutting it. They realize they need to get ratings up. They need more of an audience. They're slashing their prices, in fact. I saw it first reported by Sportico. But you're going to be able to get uh, League Pass for one team specifically for about $100 per year. It might be $130, $150 for the full premium package where you can watch every team, which I appreciate and enjoy. Maybe you guys don't care about that at home. You just want to watch Pacers. Well, if you're outside the central Indiana area, and it's not a specific from this county or this city to another, but if you're outside that, you are in great shape because you can pay just $100 a month, excuse me, $100 a year and get Pacers basketball. I think that is a very good deal. You could pay a little more and also get every team. This now includes NBA TV, by the way, if you didn't have that yourself as well. And that's important, too, because the Pacers do play on NBA TV uh, three times. I don't count that as national TV broadcasts. Some do. But that's where you're at. Now, for those that, let's say, are within 70 miles from Carmel to Brownsburg to Beach Grove to Greenwood to Greenfield, this impacts you. you got to be willing either... To have a cable service like Spectrum, like AT&T, DirecTV, uh, Comcast, you're good. You probably have it with your service. If not a slight upgrade in your package. will get it. Or you have to have DirecTV stream. And, yes, there are the uh, legal ways to continue on, whether it's VPN or sites. I'm not going to promote that. That's a reality, and I think Valley Sports and the Pacers have to realize that you're turning fans to a lot of that. I've had several fans in my DMs and mentions saying, hey, look, I have no problem paying $5, $10 per month for this. Happy to. But I'm not paying double that. I'm not paying $20 a month. I'd be proud to support and actually pay for the product. But for kind of twice what many consider the true value, that's tough. Because, for example, Amazon Prime, that's a big guy here in the game, obviously. And they increased their prices in the offseason. But, for example, they're now into sports. Every Thursday night football in the NFL is an exclusive broadcast only on Amazon Prime. On top of that, I could order something tonight as I record this and get it in the morning all for $15 per month in Bally Sports. And this is not just for the Pacers or in Indiana. This is for all of their properties. So it's consistent across the country. I just think it was a big mistake on their part. But that's what they're going for is $20 a month. And the other thing I don't get is they're only giving a seven day free trial. I think they should do much bigger than that, especially when you when you consider this is brand new. This is not ESPN plus that has been going with if you count in ESPN three for over a decade. This is not Netflix that is pre-existing. They've worked out the kinks. They know things work. It's a smooth operation. You know, and that's of no one's fault, it's just because it's brand new. And they did not from what I gather, uh, reach out to one of the major companies that does live streaming to help them launch this. They are doing it on their own. There's going to be setbacks. There's going to be challenges. And I think that's one of the things that really bothers a lot of Pacers fans too because they saw the product over the last couple of years. It's nothing about the announcers, really nothing about, I believe, the local crew is my understanding. But with the remote broadcasts um, and with all of that, there were kinks. There were challenges. Remember the, the clock being off or the reactions being delayed. Things like that. You need instantaneous and this is not ex- limited to the Pacers. There were several times right on TNT's broadcast. I remember Kevin Harlan reacting at least for us almost before the play happened and that's one of the things all these networks have to figure out. The timing because he can't beat a call or the clock can't expire before we're actually seeing it on our clock or the light of the backboard. So many things to think think through and work out. And again, I'm going deep into the details here. I love it. I know a lot of you are just worried about the cost, worried about whether you can get it, and what this means to you. You're going to get two preseason games. You're going to get all of the regular season on Bally Sports Indiana, and you'll get up to 10 Fever games as well with all of this. But this was a deal uh, that was negotiated for a while. As the deal expired, I I reported on Fieldhouse Files. I want to say Six months ago. Actually, more than that, it was last December as I examined the issue that was impacting all of us, myself included. Uh, you even had Herb Simon acknowledge in a, a round table with about five of us that, in quote, there's a disconnect because like 15 to 20% of fans can't even get the game, which is really heartbreaking, end quote. He said that when we were talking about this situation, we saw Mark Cuban address it by working with Bally Sports, I believe, South, on a stipend during the months when the Mavericks play. There's something like that. I just can't believe something better, that there isn't a better, cheaper alternative. $10 a month, I think you're good with, realistically, probably 8 bucks a month, if we're being honest. Uh, I see it from both sides. You want to charge a little bit more, but nobody's at that $20 a month price point. That's going to be hard for fans to get. And here's something, personally, I wonder. Remember, this is a new team. This is a young team. And this is acknowledged as a rebuilding season. What if a fan signs up for the seven-day trial? Maybe they pay $20 for the first month. They reach Thanksgiving, they're tuned out, and they don't renew. Or, on the other hand, your casual, super casual fan joins in January. After the NFL season playoffs, for the most part, it's still a little bit going on. They're late to the game, but they see the Pacers are 12-30. and They're probably not even giving it a chance. Maybe not even a seven-day free trial. That's the challenge I have with. And so I feel bad for so many of those involved because it's none of their fault. This is something coming from execs, coming from those above. Live sports are the most expensive and valuable property. So you're going to have to pay for it. That includes the cable operators, streaming services, but then all comes down to all of us. And that's the challenge we have to be willing to pay for. It. Now, I will add this context, too. Generally speaking, if you want to go to a Pacer game, it's going to cost you way more than $20 when you factor in gas, parking, maybe a couple Cokes, maybe a couple beers, all of that. From that standpoint, if you were probably going to the game anyway, this is a great value. You get to watch your team only 20 bucks a month. A ticket probably is 40 bucks. Now, I will say, secondary market, you're probably going to have games where you can get in for a dollar, $3. Let's just be realistic about this upcoming season. We'll see. Starting September 26th, that's when Bally Sports Plus will do a hard launch of this new streaming platform. They've done it, they've gone live already in five test markets. And I'm really excited. I hope to have someone from Bally Sports on here next month before the season to kind of help inform you and tell me about how those live test markets went and tell you what you can expect from Bally Sports and Bally Sports Plus. But I I think there's been an issue, as I wrote, with the messaging, leaving fans feeling in the dark. Got to do a longer free trial. Seven days is just not long enough for a brand new to market product like this one. And on top of that, I should have mentioned the fact that many are, are tired and exhausted of streaming services at this point. I know exactly what I get, how I get them. Many of my credit cards pay for them for free. And so if you have a question about that, I'll walk you through it. Just DM me or send me a note, fieldhousefiles at gmail.com. There's a lot of ways you can make things work with the main boys. Not this Valley Sports Plus, but say with ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, Netflix, those sorts of things. There's also going to be hiccups. You have to realize that. And also, if I'm Valley Sports, I'm adding value in a different way. Maybe it's a video podcast that's exclusive. One thing I would have liked, but I was talked out of it, uh, here in doing some reporting is I said it'd be great if I could always watch every game on demand so you know if I want to go back it's December I want to go back to opening night I wish I could but I believe it's limited to 48 hours is what I told because the NBA then league pass the blackout restrictions are lifted and anybody can watch every game then on league pass from there on after but something like that If I'm Diamond, which owns Valley Sports, I'm trying to add value more than just the live broadcast. And again, I'm very happy to report that the announcers plan to be on the road this upcoming season because that is very important. All right, I wanted to address this. Hopefully I answered many of your questions. I do recognize some are still going to be very confused and have a lot more questions. So, again, feel free to reach out to me if you're a Fieldhouse Files subscriber. You can leave it in the comments online. Send me an email. Send me a a Twitter note, message, DM, wherever you are most comfortable, and I'll try to answer it because I want to make sure you guys are all plugged in. Uh, It's a big deal. And if I'm the Pacers, you're last in attendance last season, 30th. You need to expose your product to more fans. And so, honestly, that's what it all comes down to. I think, and it's all started with the Indy 500 local blackout. I think of the 5-year-old kid, the 10-year-old. Never been to the race. Maybe their parents can't afford it, or they don't want to make the uh, trip to do it. They don't want to deal with traffic. Anyways, that kid has never been exposed to the product. Therefore, he does not care to watch the Indianapolis 500. You don't know what you're missing if you've never been exposed to it. We're probably reaching now somewhat of a Pacers generation that has not been exposed to this team. I wrote, since... The pandemic, there's been two different coaching staffs. There's been almost 40 different players on the roster. The core is gone. Tyrese Halliburton is the new guy, and many fans have never watched him play uh, and will only have one national TV opportunity as of now for this upcoming season. All right, went through the schedule, went through what this means, this new TV deal. And I also should note, I don't see there was any other options here in central Indiana. I did mention Wish TV only because they were uber-local. They are so focused on a local product. They have a local owner. They don't have an affiliate such as NBC-CBS, which means they have more opportunity to do live rights. But these are not cheap. I don't know what Bally Sports is paying the Pacers for the opportunity to broadcast their games, but generally they're not cheap. It's in the high millions if you're talking like the Lakers the Warriors, for example. I'm sure this is in the millions. I just don't know how high. There's no NBC local affiliate, for example. I just don't see there as any other option. And that's why where you do like competition. But unfortunately, not really anything to speak of here in central Indiana. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Fieldhouse Files podcast. Good to talk with you once again. I hope I helped you out just a little bit. And believe it or not, training camp begins in less than three weeks. I'll talk to you again soon.